When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Serie A Chronicles is a Maya Chronicles production. Welcome to the Study Out Chronicles Q&A episode. I'm your host for this, Vina Rizuki, and as always, I'm joined by Nikki Bandini as we look through and try to answer your questions. If you're wondering, no, we're still not over it. <laughs> I cannot believe that Italy are still out of the World Cup. It's going to take a very, very long time and, and possibly thousands of pounds spent on therapists. But anyway, let's get straight into this, Nikki. We shall answer the first one, Stephen. Who's a Chronicles Tifoso? He's a Patreon member. Hello, Stephen. And uh, this was a question that was near and dear to our producer Simon, who has waged war on Chiro Immobile. And I do feel like a lot of fans have too. So this was uh, Stephen. You really did ask the right question there to get yourself mentioned. Um, <laughs> does Chiro Immobile scoring a bundle for Lazio show that Serie A is a very average league? Oh, you hurt me there given that he is clearly way out of his depth at international level. Also on the same lines, does Tammy Abraham scoring 20-plus goals for Roma further prove my point? Is Tammy brilliant or is Serie A easy? For me, it's pretty clear what the answer is. Oh, what is it then? You might as well tell us. You can't just say that. <laughs> uh, Stephen is clearly um, leading us towards the conclusion that, yes, it's just easy to score goals in Serie A, which... I disagree with uh, on that front. I think there's our old friend, um, Matteo Bonetti, Mina actually did like a big, uh, long Twitter thread of this uh, not long ago of sort of strikers who've played in Italy saying, no, it's really hard to score goals in Italy. And among them, Cristiano Ronaldo, among them, uh, Carlos Tevez, among them, all sorts of forwards, Slatan Ibrahimovic, the forwards who have played in different leagues and come to play in Italy pretty much universally and not just while they're in Italy as well, like, you know, in interviews given afterwards, talk about it as being quite a hard place to score goals. This idea that it's just easier in Serie A, I, I roll my eyes a little bit of that. I think um, it might be easier for Ciro Immobile specifically, 
Um, I think that every single player being a human being will have contexts that suit them better and contexts that suit them less well. Um, and I think unquestionably, Immobile's career, I think, was was saved, frankly, given how badly things went from at Dortmund as well, not just international football, but when he went to Dortmund. It, it was saved by working with Simone Inzaghi. He, he came back to Italy at Lazio and ran into a coach who, well, had been supplied with some pretty good supporting talent as well, by the way. Lazio had some good players, but who was willing to, to design a team to his strengths. And Immobile's strengths has always been, if you can give him space on the counter to to run, to get that bit of a, that, that first step, that bit of acceleration going to get in behind a defender, he can exploit those uh, direct balls really, really well. And he knows how to make those runs off a defender. He knows how to play on the shoulder of a defender. He knows how to do that. And maybe there's also something in his personality. I'm inclined to say there is something in his personality, unfortunately, that, that I think some footballers feel... It, and again, it's not just footballers, right? Like it applies to anything, it applies to anyone in any job. Some of us feel and feel better and do our best work when everyone around us is giving us a hug and giving us a pat on the back and saying you're doing great. And some people do their best work when someone is screaming in their face, you're terrible and try harder. Like that's just different human characters, right? Like some people want to have adversity thrown at them all the time and to sort of rail against it. And that's how they they thrive. Like they thrive by fighting. And I don't think that Immobile is a fighter. I think Immobile is actually like, despite having a bit of a party boy image, I think he's quite a gentle soul. Um, weirdly, I think he's quite a sort of, um, I say this with tenderness because in my life, many of my favorite people are like this, but like, I think he's, you know, he's quite a soft soul and, um, it, it look, you know, being sort of, um, being sort of brutal about it. He's been a disaster for Italy and I have been in a camp that wanted him to be, but he has, he has. I mean, he's got the giggles now and it's not helping me, but we've played... We've played World Cup playoffs. He has. He has, Mina. Like, it's it's horrible to say it, but it's true. We've played World Cup playoffs against Sweden and Macedonia, and we haven't scored a goal in any of them. Do you know who's up front for all three of those games? Chiro Immobile. We can talk about Joao Pedro. We can talk about Ventura not bringing, off, bringing Insigne off the bench against Sweden. He's had three World Cup playoff games, and he hasn't scored in any of them, even more than any of the other numbers. It, that's brutal. Like, that's your job. That's literally like your job is to score those goals and you haven't done it. I think there is a bigger problem for Italian football, which is who else, who else is doing it? Who's your other number nine in Italy who you feel really confident with stepping and do that job? We don't have a great number nine right now. We don't have Luca Toni. We don't have Christian Vieri, who I grew up watching. We don't have, you know, even a, a Schilacci who you know didn't have that great club career, yeah. but did it for the national team in that in the Nutty Nutty Magic of 1990. But I could, no, I, I don't think you can just go, oh, Serie A is easy. Um, Tammy Abraham is a very similar story to me. He's gone to a club that has made its entire team around how he plays and, and that's a good thing for him. Yeah, I, I just don't think it's that simple, is my opinion. Um, without question, there's different types of football played in different countries as well. 
I had my obviously my interview with Fikayo Tomori last week. He talked about how Italian football is, he described it as more like American football, whereas Premier League is like basketball. Like one is paid at like helter skelter pace without as much sort of tactical thought and positioning. Whereas um, in Italy, there's much more sort of, it's slower, but there's more thinking. Some players are going to suit that better than others. Um, what do you think, Mina? I feel like I've been wittering on this one. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess Liga must be really hard because Messi scored a lot for Barcelona and he can't seem to score a lot <laughs> yeah. for PSG. <laughs> um, I think that I, I, I actually know why you make these judgments because you know what? I, I think about those judgments a lot and I'm someone who might go through a lot of those statistics and I still will say, well, I, I guess maybe it is easier for like a woman in Lukaku to just shine and, and, and do everything perfectly. But then I think, well, actually he did shine in the Premier League, but it was for Everton. Um, maybe not for Chelsea. So, and you know what? The, he didn't shine in the Champions League games either, but shined a little bit more in, in some of the, you know, he didn't shine against Juventus. I think it, it has to do Mohamed Salah. I mean, he was at Fiorentina, he was at Roma, but the guy turned into a superstar in Premier League and like, like out, out of the swirl superstar. It's a great example. It's a great counter example. Does, does that mean that it's just really easy and he's got tons of space, which is why he can operate? I mean, it is like you have to go through the difference, you know, and, and there is always going to be examples of this and that and, and, and where you, it looks like Italian football can be hard draw. But it is like Nikki says, it does depend on what the team is. It does depend if you have Klopp as your manager or you have, I don't know, um, somebody else that no one's heard of, Eusebio Di Francesco as your manager or whatever it is, you know? It, there is there is somebody who will be a pragmatist or someone where it's a philosophy and you have to try to blend into the philosophy. Romelu Lukaku is not playing with a team right now that played to his absolute strengths. So whereas he was very much the centre of the project in Inter and had a great side that just wanted to play off these three big points, you know, like, you know, including Ashraf Hakimi and Lukaku, so they were allowed to shine a little bit more, you know? But I certainly don't think that when you see like Neymar and Messi having certain problems in Liga, well, I think that Liga is a harder league than, you know, than anything else in my lifetime. So mm. I do think that these things are, they can't be measured in that way. Whether or not Serie A is at the level of the Premier League, no. But there's obviously, we, we've discussed all the reasons for it. But I still think, and to this day, even coaches think that it is a place where you can pick up a great education. Which is why when Barcelona and some of the biggest clubs in the world came in for De Ligt, he said, no, I want to go to Juventus. I want to go to Italy more than anything because I want to understand the tactics because it is a different league and it makes you think differently. And that was the whole point of Zidane's journey in his life is he wanted to get the tactics. He wanted to get the technique. He wanted to really make himself the best version that he can be to be in the all-rounded champion that he turned into. And actually, as a coach, he leans heavily on everything that he's learned in Serie A. I mean, obviously, he played in a different time when it was at the very top of the game. But I still think that even if you look at like our, our core principles on a tactical level, Pep Guardiola has borrowed a lot from the Italian league. And I think, you know, these things are important going forward. It's still it's still Italian tacticians that make the difference. As for Ciro Immobile, I, I do love when, when Nicky called him a disaster. <laughs> I'm sorry. I feel bad about it now because you laugh so much. No. I feel guilty. <laughs> no, I laughed because you never say these things. You're so always so nice. Like I, I can understand when you were like went into your tenderness moment, and I really had that that 
Do you guys ever have this? I don't know if anyone has this here, but I hear a word and it just like starts off a song for me. Yeah, like, like, so I don't know if you guys remember tenderness. Na, na, na. Anyway, Song Kings was one of my favorite movies growing up. But, um, but Chiro Immobile, he's not a bad striker. The problem with Chiro Immobile is that he's an emotional striker. Yeah. It's a little bit like Morata will score a ton of goals for Real Madrid in all the Champions League games, you know. Met managed a great comeback for Juventus against Bayern Munich. But for some reason, when people depend on him, the guy crumbles, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's an emotional level there where he, he he relies a lot on how he's feeling and what makes him feel good because he doesn't need four touches of the ball. At Lazio, he would have struck that straight away. And I don't know why he's not doing it. And Del Piero had similar issues, by the way. There were a lot of players. Like Podolski was the other way around. He was rubbish for all mm-hmm. the clubs he played for a lot of the time. But for some reason, you know, you give him a German shirt, him and Miroslav Klose were just like gone. <laughs> so sometimes it changes the other way. I just think with Immobile, he's a, he's, he's a really peculiar character because he is, like being a centre forward in football is like a really specific thing, right? Like it is like you're, you're, you do carry a burden that the rest of the team doesn't if you are playing that sort of classic number nine role. You, you are the one who in the end is most expected to stick that ball in the net. Maybe you don't have to do it every game, every time, but like over time, your team is relying on you to be the person who does that job, which is literally like what decides how whether or not you win or lose a football game, right? Did the ball go in the net or not? That's how football works. And I still remember like when he was chasing the season when he scored 36 goals. So he was European golden boot and he was giant record all-time scoring. So yeah, there was a point where he was close to it and he hadn't quite got there yet. And he said something in a post-game interview where he's like, I really hate it when I absolutely have to score a goal. And you think mm. like that's mm. that's the opposite of the sentiment you expect to hear from a number nine. Like you expect to hear, yeah. I love scoring goals. It's my favorite thing. I want to do it all the time. Whereas that's always stayed with me. Like the sort of, the the acknowledgement that like, well, to me, it's acknowledgement that he, he hates pressure. That's what it sounds like to me. Like he doesn't relish it, which some people hate and some people love. This is why I was saying that it's important for these good players to make the move quickly, you know? Um, and I and I do, like, as in when you reach a stage where you have to get out of your comfort zone and you have to try the challenge, and it could lead in failure, but it will add so much to, to your ability to face pressure and overcome it. I mean, one of the things that we always used to speak about was how it's so nice when you go to English stadiums, how much they support their teams and how we don't have this culture in Italy, right? Like, in, in Italy, everyone's always booing you. Um, and it was very much the same when I was living in Madrid at the Bernabeu. You just, I mean, just Stefano said that everyone gets booed, including himself, you know, even the greats. And that was what I think helped contribute to a great national team. Because when you get booed every day, by the time, you know, you're in the World Cup, pressure doesn't affect you anymore. That's why there were great leaders at the time is because, you know, everything written in the papers that used to get to all the English footballers at the time when Capello was coached didn't get to Italians because they just... At that point, they just, you know, they've faced so much criticism on daily life that they've gotten used to it. But what I feel now is that I don't think the newspapers have gone soft, but the players are not facing the big challenges. They're not overcoming the big challenges. You know, we need Inter to play more games in Anfield. We need, you know, Juventus to actually get past the last 16. And, and we need the big teams to do well and to invest in the youth that we have. And by the way, they do a lot because I'm not looking here at Liverpool and thinking to myself, look at all the young English players playing for them. When I think of Liverpool, I think of Sane, I think of, uh, sorry, Mane. Um, I think like I was thinking of Bayern Munich. 
I, I think of Mane, I think of Salah, I think of Diego Jota, I think of, you know, Van Dyke. Jordan Henderson is, you know, this isn't, it's not necessarily a youth problem. It's about getting really that leadership back into the team. But I am going off topic now. Um, but Chiro Immobile, for me, he is a Lazio player and he's never going to be really more than that. Sorry. Okay, Mina, second question. It's not really a question, to be honest with you. It's, it's just a message we got from Misak, who um, is a Chronicles uh, Tifoso. He's one of our Patreon members. It was sort of a, a message that was almost like a, a suggestion of how he thinks Serie A could be improved. And I thought it was interesting enough that maybe we should explore it. Even though it's not technically a question, I thought it was worth exploring. So thank you, Misak. Misak writes, um, if we're going to press for youth, then we need coaches like Allegri and then backward philosophy of apprenticeship to give more chances to young players to actually test them early to see if they're good enough. Um, in my opinion, there should be a rule that would force teams to start an under-21 player for four games a season or a four-point deduction would be given. That will force the big teams to actually play the kids they have and see if there will be a diamond among them. Mina, I think this is actually quite a low bar that Messac has set. Four games for an under-21 player sounds to me like something that most teams are probably going to do anyway. If you uh, literally just say any four games as well, like, will that just lead to teams sort of leaving that be a thing right for the very end of the season? But I'm curious, like, what you would think about this idea that one of the solutions to a problem that we've sort of talked about on the main podcast this week, and we sort of agreed maybe it was a problem, that there's not enough young players, Italian players being given opportunities, that a solution to that would be to somehow implement a system that forces teams to use those players for a certain number of games and would punish them in a tangible way. Misak is talking about a four-point punishment, so it's very tangible for not doing it. How do you feel about that? Well, here's the thing. I actually disagree with this whole like um, war on we're not including enough youth. I actually think there's lots of young players playing in Serie A at the highest level. And I think that a lot of them have been called up. I don't I don't see this great big issue in comparison to all the other teams when they're saying, oh, yeah, well, they're bleeding youth in. And a lot of these statistics can be skewed because you're talking about La Liga, for example, and some of these articles that were noted because they have athletic Bilbao, which can only hire and only, you know, play players that come from the region. That's the whole point of Athletic Bilbao. So a lot of these, you have to look at what's going on there, like as in Argentina is a, is a country that relies heavily on these, you know, on on schools and, and growing up in your academy and going on to win things. And I, and I think that to myself, like, what have they won other than the Copa recently, but Italy won it too. So um, the Euros. I, I I think there's a lot of youth. I don't look at this team and I think to myself, my God, it's so old. You know, I, I did think that way about Ventura. And I think that we made and took the right steps going forward. I think that there are B teams now. I don't think we dip in as much as we should maybe in, in the mark, uh, like in going into our youth sections and bringing up players and playing them. But I also feel that that's not the issue. The issue that we have is Serie A's not doing very well. And when Serie A is not doing well, we need to get it back into a healthy stage, which isn't actually putting, I'm going to put this in a very unusual terms, but my niece is staying with me right now and she is a law student and she is basically, she's discussing to do with me why we don't have 
this 70% rule where we tax all the rich 70%. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, if we did that, don't you think they'll just pack up and go? Like, as in I do that, if I was really rich and I was being taxed, I'd go somewhere where it doesn't, it's a tax haven, right? Mm -hmm. And she's like, yeah, but then, you know, tell them basically. And I said, okay, well, then who's going to pay the wages? And what if they're really rich and they've employed 750 people who then are all contributing tax? And then you have an employment force there. And then I said, where would you get that money? Do you think there'll be like a drought in the economy because all these rich people have gone and taken with them all the contacts and, and ability to build um, companies? And then she thought about this and goes, yeah, you're right. <laughs> she goes, so we shouldn't tax anyone. <laughs> I was like, okay, no, wait, hold on. Yeah. And so we were having this back and forth because, because this is kind of the balance of trying to do things, you know, intelligently and, and growing them, you know. Youth is important, but there's really no point right now if I'm sitting there calling up like Nicolo Fagioli and all of these and I can't win against Villarreal. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. the league will keep going down and there's less of an opportunity for these players to actually reach the bigger challenges and to face the bigger teams and to learn from that and become leaders. The reason why Giorgio Chiellini, Leonardo Bonucci are where they are is because they went through that process, you know, and it's Jorginho with Chelsea went through that process. And so I think that it's important that right now we get our teams back to actually getting to the latter stages of the Champions League, to taking Europa League seriously, where they are experiencing different styles of play, different types of competition, pressure at the highest level and overcoming that you know, pressure. The whole point that we sit there and saying Lorenzo Insigne is not doing well is because it comes from a club that's always nearly there, but never there. <laughs> that's the whole point. So I think we need to concentrate on getting a lot of these players to, you know, getting our teams back there, trying to overcome the madness in Serie A and rebuild, you know, that starts with stadium, more money, getting, you know, better money, better players on board. And so they have something to look at and learn from. At the end of the day, Tiago Silva learned from Alessandro Nesta and it's a whole process and, and maybe he will teach somebody else and, and that's the whole process that you get. But Foreigners can be a wonderful thing in our league, by the way, you know. Mm. Look at England has created a beautiful team and they have lots and lots of foreigners. But it's about also understanding that we need to get our players back into situations where their biggest challenge is not facing, I don't know, Venezia, but potentially facing a Barcelona. It's such a, a complicated question. I mean, your niece's thoughts on the tech system. And uh, that's a whole conversation that I can't even enter into. We, we could get into a really big conversation about how we fix the world. <laughs> you know, I have feelings, but <laughs> I won't, I won't start I have that. feelings. I want to know these things. I won't start We shall do a different political one. Yeah, we'll have a separate politics podcast. But um, I'm quite sceptical with these sorts of problems. You know, with any problem you've got that you perceive, you can sort of approach it with a carrot or a stick, right? And I, I'm quite sceptical when you start and approach these problems with a stick because I think it tends not to work. Like I think it's better if you're going to try and find a solution to this to give, make it incentivized rather than punish teams for doing something that you see as wrong, give them incentives to, to do something that you want them to do, right? Which um, if you want to encourage that youth sort of football development, I've, I, you know, I haven't, I've just seen this uh, statement, so I haven't come up with some great answer yet, but I would rather see a solution that, makes it sort of rewarding to use your youth players rather than punishes you for not using them. I think you have to accept as well, like with any like rule that you bring in like that, if it's going to be a rule, expect clubs to find the fine print, to find the loophole, to find the way of doing it that is not going to get the outcome that you imagined, that is going to sort of tick the box in a way that is not what you aimed for. So 
I think legislating these things is is really, really, is really tricky and complicated. And I think you have to accept that in club football, there are different incentives to in international football. And that's actually no different in Italy to any other country, right? I have been talking to coaches in the last few days and I have heard coaches say to me, oh, there's too many foreigners in Serie A. And that conversation has been had in the Premier League forever. Like that conversation is is not yeah. exclusive to Serie A. That conversation is everywhere. You know, I think the the thing that Italian football needs still, most of all, in my opinion, is an acceptance and sincere belief amongst owners that a rising tide will lift all ships. I think there's so much petty squabbling. There's so much sort of everyone trying to make sure that their neighbor doesn't get a leg up that that undermines things. I think it's political that yeah. is political as well. You know, we've talked about it on the podcast before. The reason that Roma have never broken ground in a new stadium is because Roman politics is toxic. Like it's completely That's impossible insane. to do mm. things because frankly it just takes if you're a Roma, it takes one Lazio uh, supporter in the wrong level of politics to turn around and decide he's gonna make your life difficult and he will. And you know that stuff's really hard to unravel and I don't think you unravel it with these sort of punitive system of of you sort of will get punished for not using youth team players. The problem is that I can say all that and then feel like I still don't have like a better answer to give you. You know, I would love for more Italian clubs to turn around and say, let's give our academy player a game than sorry to single him out. Frank Ribery, you know, as Lenny Tanner signing a great big contract when he's already 37 and his injury history suggests he's not going to be out of country that much. But I understand Lenny Tanner in Serie A for a moment, wanting to have a media splash, wanting to have a moment of like everyone comes down, takes a photograph, our club's name is in the limelight for a minute. So they're complicated. They're complicated issues. Can I? Yeah, go, go, go. No, I, I was going to say, like, the problem is, is that I know that youth is amazing. But at the end of the day, unfortunately, we do live in a world where media matters, right? And so the whole point is that sometimes if we are going to play, and I agree because you were mentioning a point of, for goodness sakes, like Allegri will choose Danilo in midfielder than actually go into and dip into the market and find someone. I actually agree with you on a base level. Yes, it's really shocking to see that. But we also have to have the support of everyone. All these people who are criticizing Allegri for not doing that criticize Pirlo for relying on players like Portanova and, and giving other players a chance. And I was saying, oh, for goodness sakes, can you just play some of the adults here? We don't seem to even get on board with, with what we our own criticism. Everything keeps changing all the time, depending to what the right narrative should be. As long as we just criticize, we're happy. But this is where I feel like is, is the main point of Italian football in general. We didn't like the fact that Pirlo relied so much on that and didn't understand how to use the full squad and keep all these players happy and, and make sure that we got the best out of Ronaldo. Then we criticize Allegri because he doesn't do that enough, you know? And then there's this constant back and forth. And then we get upset when Milan don't win 55 games in a row. They're kids. Like, give them a mm. chance. That's what happens, you know? It happens that when you are playing with 20, 22-year-olds, they're not going to be as consistent as a Luka Modric, you know? Because that they're still learning and they will still make mistakes. And yes, you may have a kid that's as brilliant as Tomori, but even Tomori will make mistakes. And you have to be okay with that rather than you come up next day and say, Maldini didn't invest well in the market. And, and, and then it just, 
it, we have to either all be on board and show the level of patience that, like I said, certain English clubs do and, and believe in, in what is being built. And we sit there and think to ourselves, it's not pathetic when Volpato is being given a chance at Roma. And we actually applaud Jose Mourinho for doing that rather than trying to, to, to wonder what his real conspiracy theory is. But on the other side, again, I don't think it's the use of kids. I don't think if we played 75 kids against North Macedonia, we would have won. Mm. I, I think it's you know it's it's just much more than that. There is a there is a de- there is a desire to have Zlatan Ibrahimovic in, in Milan because it is also about gaining from that experience. Actually, historically speaking, the teams that end up lifting the trophies usually have an average age of twenty seven to twenty eight. They do tend to be a little bit older. So I think Inter was the oldest squad last year when they won it because there is that experience of having been there before and knowing how to continue doing that. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to just say that and make that constantly this whole thing of, because unfortunately, Ribery sells a few shirts, which allows them to invest more in their youth yeah. academy, which allows them to, to to do more. And it's all this whole grassroots thing. Manchester City has the most amazing youth academy. How much have they relied on it? And, yeah. you know, La Fabrica is really famous in Real Madrid. It's actually the, the, the youth department that makes the most money. Really, because everyone knows La Masia because they actually utilize it in the team much more than Real Madrid do. So, but you do need it to invest in the club. So, unfortunately, there are moments where you do have to bring in a Tevez when or, or a Ribrian who are a little bit older or coming from leagues where they, um, there was lots of question marks about Tevez arriving. He ended up being brilliant, you know. But these are the things that we sometimes have to do to get our name in the headlines. Yeah. So, like, I, I think the other thing that, like, I you know, where this problem starts, in my opinion, is very often like it's not at the level of like who's on the bench making a decision, like do I start you or you? This problem starts with are there good enough players coming through from the first step of the Italian academy system? And I do think one thing that that does strike me as, as definitely being true is you look at some of the clubs that have had the most successful business models in Italy in the last few years, clubs like Atalanta and, you know, and Udinese. And they've found it very sort of financially prudent to spread their net very wide, to bring in players from abroad and be able to, not all of them, plenty of players come in, don't make a profit, but like enough of those players flip them for a good profit a few years later that the system works, right? Like you can keep balancing your books that way. And the question I always sort of wonder is, why is there not at least a greater percentage of those players that you're doing that with coming from your own country? Because your own country should be the easiest place to find the young kid, right? You don't have to go around the world sending someone scouting and you know Atlanta in some ways is a bad example because they do actually have an academy set up that does bring in Italian players as well but I feel like actually like the thing that you could do if you really wanted to fix this problem the thing that you could do at a central level at a football federation level at a national level make it easier for clubs to invest in their academies make it easier for your clubs to invest in better structures that give more opportunities to more young players in their areas and you'll probably start to see the fruits that way by actually sort of trying to resolve the root of the problem rather than trying to punitively fix it at the end of the problem. Wouldn't make sense. Okay, our next question is from Omer from All UV Cast podcast. And he asks, do you think clubs in Serie A prefer to recycle older players rather than giving the spots to youth players? If so, do you see a reason behind it? We were actually going to go into this question, but because we answered Miss Sachs so heavily and, 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 it was, and it's pretty much a similar question, we hope that you found your answer there. 
um, you know, it is, I guess, media, it is experience, it is, it is that desire to sort of make money to get into the top four or to get into the top six, because actually there's a difference in how much you make depending on where you finish in the season. And sadly, that this is a time right now in which clubs are just trying to find any detail that they can, which is why Italy's paying Turkey. It's three million, right? <laughs> uh, to just uh, try to make ends meet and get their football back on so that they can actually invest in their clubs, invest in good fitness coaches, invest in, in, in scouts, so on and so forth. But thank you to Omer from All You Big Cars podcast. We always like supporting other podcasts. Yeah, just all I would add to that is, you know, some clubs, yes, some clubs less so, you know, and there's always um, different yeah. coaches with different priorities and different approaches um, to the game. And and yeah, you know, uh, there's, there's Serie A is not a monolith, even though sometimes it feels like it. I think we're done for this episode. We've um, witted on as we always do. I yeah. um, hope you all enjoyed it. Um, I always enjoy it because I get to hang out with Mina and talk about football. If you missed our main podcast this week, it was a really fun one. We had Adriana Del Monte on and even though we were talking about topics that made us sad, we had a really um, interesting conversation. Do go back and check that out if you haven't already. Otherwise, please do check out our website at celiacchronicles.com. Click the Chronicles to Fuzzy button to join our Patreon community where you'll get access to exclusive episodes and bonus content. Or support the show with a one-time tip. You'll find the button also on the website to do that via Ko-fi. Get your questions in on Twitter at CityAcronPod with the hashtag ChroniclesQ&A or via the website. You can find me and Mina on Twitter at Nikki Vandini, at Mina Rizuki. And please subscribe to the Celia Chronicles YouTube channel for clips of the show. Thank you all so much. Chronicles Defosi, no doubt you will hear from us all through the week as always but everyone else we will see you guys on Tuesday bye you know what really it really bothers me though is Capello saying like oh we're not quite doing it we need to be more like German no we need to be Italian yeah, stop I'm sick of trying to be like Guardia like I really I'm sick of that like we're never going to be I'm still I'm sick trying to copy any team we are who we are we don't have the we do it better than everyone we want a fourth world cup before germany so f off you know right yeah right get it out let's do some q a right (laughs) sorry guys sports social podcast network okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.